You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of Getting Swamped. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist. In a huge episode this week, we will have on up-and-coming wide receiver for the Florida Gators football team, Caleb Douglas, will join me and talk about his transition from high school, meeting Billy Napier for the first time, and some of the things he's been working on under Kerry Colbert, Mark Hockey, strength and conditioning coach, some of the other staff members there. But that's not it. We will also have on Will Miles and Nick Newton from the Stand Up and Holler podcast on YouTube and discuss a jam-packed 2022 Florida Gator football preview magazine that Will Miles released just this past week. 156 pages of insight, statistics, what to expect from this Florida Gators football team coming into the 2022 season. So when I say jam-packed, I'm not just talking about Will Miles' preview magazine. I'm also talking about this special Memorial Day podcast. A lot went on this past week, and we're going to start with what Billy Napier had to say this week in a press conference he held Thursday. Yeah, no, I I think um, we've talked about this a lot. I think, you know, we're in an era here where we can add players to the team at certain times of the year, right? December, signing day, the winter portal, um, February sign of day, certainly the spring portal, right? So, um, in each individual situation, it's case by case, right? We felt like Ricky's um, skill set uh, fit our team, fit our offense. Uh, we had some familiarity. There were some relationships there uh, because of the year at Arizona State, some of our staff members, some of the common relationships. So, you know, I think Ricky's a good person. I think he's a competitive. Uh, I think that. Um, you know he's proved it, proved himself. He's a very, he's been a very productive player. I think he can get open. I think he can catch the ball. He's proved to be a run after catch player. I think he's got some toughness to his game. He can play on special teams. So, you know, I think he, he gives. He, we're adding a player that that has uh, had a ton of production in the past, and we feel like the player can help our team. Trey Dean, uh, I'm not sure if you saw him Mother's Day, bought his mom a Jeep using NIL funds. Do you have anything to say about Trey and you know, the way he surprised his mom like that? Uh, no, I mean, I think uh, Trey is uh, one of our best. You know, the guy's a Florida graduate. Uh, Trey is, uh, we're, we're thankful for the opportunity to coach Trey for another year. Um, you know, Trey's a guy that um, believed in us, gave us an opportunity, came back to the University of Florida. I think he cares about this place. He wants to win. Um, and he's working hard to improve as a player. Um, you know, Trey, Trey's created value for himself as a result of a lot of hard work. You know, Trey's one of the hardest working guys we have on the team. Um, unbelievable effort in all areas um, of his life. It certainly comes from a great family, cares significantly about his uh, parents, and certainly uh, NIL in these days, if, if you create value for yourself, you work hard and you put yourself in position where you uh, can earn a wage, uh, it creates opportunities like that. So I'm hopeful that we'll have more players that uh, continue to improve, that work hard, that represent themselves the right way, that get NIL opportunities. 
All right, Billy Napier talking about wide receiver Ricky Perzel, you know, a guy who had prior relationships with the past coaching staff that really helped get him here, uh, a very good run after the catch guy. And I like what he brought up about special teams and possibly using him there in that aspect because I've been a big stickler when it has come to special teams. Let's face it, man. Special teams hasn't been special for a while. It wasn't under the last regime. I mean, Florida from 2018 to 2021, let's look here. They were 13th in the SEC in special teams yardage with 1,707 total yards in four years. Dead last in the SEC in yards per attempt with 11.6 yards per attempt over the course of four years under Dan Mullen. So I'm definitely going to be watching what special teams does this year. You know, and I also liked what he had to say about Trey Dean. I, you know, a lot of you guys on Twitter give Dean Flack a little bit, but that, I mean, that kid's a fantastic kid. Uh, he's very involved with his faith, works extremely hard to get better as a player. And I'm always going to pull for that kid when he's on the field, because I just honestly think his talents weren't utilized well with the last staff, but that's clearly just my opinion. Others may vary, which is fine. But I really would love to see trading have a breakout year. And also, I was glad he was able to graduate as well. Scully, are you finding that, that representatives of players who are in the portal calling and basically saying, okay, my guy's getting this for, at this place and this for this place. What can you do? Are you finding that? Yeah, I think there is some of that. Um, but we don't, obviously, we don't operate that way, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I think that it, NIL is a portion of the decision, right? I think a lot of times when you really dig into why is the player leaving where he's at, um, you know, there are other factors, right? And um, I think it's all these situations are case by case, right? you got to evaluate each situation independent of all the others. Um, you know, and I find... You know, I think we're finding ourselves in um, much like an NFL team during free agency. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios here that are very comparable, right? So, um, and I'm really, to be honest with you, there's no manual for this in college football. You know, I mean, I've been studying the National Football League because I think um, there are some uh, things to learn. now. You know, every player on our team that has a transfer before is a free agent every year, you know, truth be known. So uh, that's the one thing that we lack that the National Football League has, right? There is free agency, but there is no salary cap and there is no contractual obligation, right? So um, there are things that we can learn from the NFL, uh, but there are a lot of things that don't apply as well. So. You know, I do think that players, um, because there is an opportunity to have representation for NIL, uh, you've seen that trend. Um, and I think there's some wisdom into that, but I also think that there's a lot more to these decisions than NIL. So, you know, I think that going forward, uh, the third party, um, you know, there's a lot of gray area here, right, relative to representation what I can say, what I can't say, what the third party can do, what they can't do, right? I mean, right now we're living in a land with no laws, if that makes sense. So, um, but I, I do think, I continue to believe, and I'm, you know, the, as every day goes by, and the more that we are boots on the ground, as we get out, we get to know people, NIL will be a, 
it's going to be a slam dunk for the Florida Gators on uh, the University of Florida. I like what Billy said there about NIL. It's not just creating an opportunity for the player, but it's it's also, I guess, kind of driving a player to work harder in their craft, not only just to win football games, but uh, to you know, take their worth as as a player to the next level. And I, and I don't want to say the wrong thing here. I know for a fact the players want to win for the team minus NIL. I mean, kids want to go to the NFL too. There's no question about that. But the part I like about NIL is that players are finally being able to come out on podcasts like these and show people uh, and the world what type of person they are on and off the field and, and, and getting their name out there, building a brand for themselves. I mean, obviously there's still a lot to learn and probably some new rules coming in the future. But overall, I think NIL is a good thing if it doesn't get too out of control. But that's not my specialty, and I will definitely leave it to the experts out there. The change in the 25 initial counter. Uh, yeah. How, how are you guys managing that? What does it mean for you in the 2022 20, and 23 class? I guess? Yeah, no, I think that... Um, Given our current dynamic, there'll be some advantages for us. You know, I think that if we were a little bit more established, maybe that would, I wouldn't feel as good about that, if that makes sense. Um, I do think it's going to cause more attrition. I do think it's going to cause more portal, right? I mean, I think we're, we think we're fixing it, but in reality, I don't necessarily know that that's the case, if that makes sense. You know, so, yeah. Now for us, um, you know, we just took the cap off of our, you know, we're sitting here at 25 for next year, right? So um, maybe it gives us a little bit more flexibility, but it gives everybody else more flexibility too. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with how, how do you feel about your roster, you know, relative to the depth, relative to the discipline, relative to the character. Um, you know, and I think it does give us some flexibility, you know, but uh, that we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, I'm, I'm very hopeful of the group that we're working with now. Um, we got a lot of young men that are um, doing it the way that we expect them to, that are working extremely hard, trying to improve, trying to make changes in their lives, um, trying to learn, um, trying to create habits. Um, you know, that's where we're at, right? We, we have a lot to learn information-wise, but in my opinion, a lot to learn about how to live life, you know, how to, how to be effective date on a daily basis. Um, and this summer is going to create great opportunities for us to, to continue to teach and implement and establish expectations. You heard it, man. That 25-player limit is lifted for this year and next year. So that's, I mean, it's good for a team like Florida, as I said last week, especially depth-wise. But as Napier said, that rule just doesn't apply to us. It it applies to everybody. But, uh, you know, I think it benefits teams like Florida more that do need depth. But it also allows teams like Alabama just to stockpile the crap out of talent. So, I mean, there's good and bad to that scenario. But overall, I think Florida benefits more just from a depth perspective. So we'll see what happens with that. But Billy Napier goes a little bit in depth about phase five here. So I think, uh, you know, summer is uh, phase five. You know, we just finished up with a discretionary kind of reload periods, you know, where they have some time off. Uh, they were off for 35 days. Um, you know, we had exit meetings. Um, you know, we have lots of work to do, you know, relative to developing a plan. The regiment is essentially a nine-week training block. 
Um, it's a four-week, 28-day uh, workload, one week off, four weeks, 28 days, and then we have some time between that and training camp. Um, you know, and, and we have a weekly routine, you know, Monday to Friday, what that entails. We get eight hours a week with the players, um, strength and condition and skill development, simulated training, film review, um, and it's by the minute. You know, there are also lots of opportunities here um, for ownership at the player level, right? Leadership at the player level. Uh, we've got lots of things that go into this, but uh, it's essentially our nine-week. Not going to give you all of our all of our stuff, but uh, it's nine weeks of training, and, and certainly a big to me. It's where the team is starts to develop because you got a set of rookies that just showed up. Uh, then you got a set of veterans that are in position to lead. Summer creates leadership opportunities, in my opinion. Uh, because there's less time. The staff only has you eight hours. What do you do all that other time, right? So, um, so we 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 started um, yesterday, and we're off and running. So you hear Billy Napier kind of go into what involves in phase five. He says nine week training block regimen, four week, twenty eight day workload, one week off, time between training camp, weekly routines with the players, eight hours a week, strength and conditioning, skill development, simulated training, film review. Uh, you know, this isn't a Monday through Friday nine to five, folks. I mean, this staff is working around the clock. And the players are getting that work and putting that work in. Uh, nice to get a little bit of detail of what Phase 5 is like. But, of course, as you heard Napier say, he isn't going to give it all away, folks. So, <laughs> just trust me, there, there's more than just what he just described. <laughs> all right, folks, that was some of the more important nuggets from Billy Napier's press conference this past Thursday. And you could check out the rest of that press conference on Gator Vision at FloridaGators.com. And speaking of Phase 5 regimen and putting in work, I got to catch up with incoming freshman wide receiver Caleb Douglas, and we will have that on this special three-part Memorial Day episode of Getting Swamped. Three-day weekend, three-part episode of Getting Swamped, coming up. Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout-out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign, too, with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout-out on Twitter, at WS Woodcarving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Woodcarving. Top-of-the-line signs made from scratch. All right, folks, joining me on this special Memorial Day three-part episode of Getting Swamped, up-and-coming newcomer, wide receiver Caleb Douglas. Caleb, how was your Memorial Day weekend going, my man? Man, it's going great so far. I just graduated high school yesterday. Well, not yesterday, two days ago. So it's going great, man. Yeah, my niece graduated high school uh, just yesterday, too. It's it's funny. You get a reminder of how old you are when you're holding her in your hand at one years old and then you're hugging her as she's coming down the aisle from uh, graduation. It, it really makes you just feel like... <laughs> I'm like I'm almost forty now, so it's just like it's it, it wakes you up a little bit to life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you're originally from Missouri City, Texas, correct? Uh, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, okay. but I ended up playing high school in, in Missouri City, Texas. 
All right, yeah. So I, I've never been to Texas, man. Uh, what's the state of Texas like? Is everything bigger in Texas, as they say? Man, you got it. I'm telling you right now, you have to visit Texas. <laughs> you have to. It's like, I ain't going to say just Texas in general, but like Dallas and Houston is like a must. Like, before you, like, like you just got to visit it. It's so much to do there. It's crazy. Like, it, the night never ends, especially if you're over 21. Yeah, I heard um, some places around, like Houston and all. Y'all get a lot of tornadoes down there, too, don't you? Nah, we don't get no, no tornadoes. You probably think the Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know Texas is kind of like in the middle where Tornado Alley is, so I didn't know if uh, y'all, y'all, the Texas tornado thing is actually true or not. Oh, no, no, no. It might be like North Texas, but like, like Houston, no, nah, we don't get those. <laughs> Uh, absolutely, man. Um, uh, let's talk about high school real quick, man. Uh, you played football, uh, varsity football there at Fort Bend Hightower High School in Texas. Uh, you didn't really play much your sophomore year, appearing in five games. You would play eight games your junior year, but then as a senior, you'd really come on as you would appear in 13 games, have 984 yards in receptions, a total of 1,013 total all-purpose yards for seven touchdowns, uh, Take us back a little bit, man, to that senior year. A lot of kids, especially me, usually have their best year of high school, their senior year. What was your last year or your senior year like at Hightower? Man, it was great because my sophomore year, I was, I was playing quarterback. So I wasn't like really like feeling and all that. It was me and one of the older guys. We were sharing time and all that. And I was like, man, I can't do this. Like, one of us got to start. And then my junior year, they was like, yeah, we just gonna go ahead, go on with the older guy because he's older and all that, and you're more like like of the athlete. So they went on and said like, hey, you can play receiver because this when COVID had first started, and then when the like the main receiver got COVID, the first game I played receiver, I caught for two touchdowns. And after that, it was just like it was it was like uh like I like it, but like I'm still raw at it. Then my senior year, I got more confident, stuff got easy, playbook was learned. So, like, I was just, like, I was just going crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I noticed that, too, because you really came on your senior year um, looking at the max prep stats here. And, uh, you know, a lot of athletes, especially somebody like uh, yourself, uh, once they learn that playbook and once they can really get it down, that can really elevate you to a different level. Now, you had offers from LSU, Texas, Texas State, Florida, Baylor, uh, all those Texas schools, man, and LSU, those really close to Texas there. Uh, what made you want to, you know, travel outside of your realm and come to the University of Florida? Uh, I, like, the whole time I was getting recruited, I was like, man, I want to go to, like, live in a different state. Because, like, if my college getting paid for, I'm going to take, like, my advantage of it and just go ahead, go somewhere, like, I really want to go. Like, I live there and I want to play football there. Yeah. So I was like, before I got Florida, I was like, man, uh, USC would be like, like, like my dream school because it's in California, mm. and like they play great football. But then after all that had happened, Florida was like my second. I was like, oh yeah, I'll for sure go to Florida. So then they had a, we have a great coach here, so I was like, that just topped it off. So I went on and just came to Florida. So you get offered by Florida. Dan Mullen is let go. Take me back, man. What was it like meeting Billy Napier for the first time? Man, my first time meeting Billy Napier was like, like I already knew the guy. I was like, cause he came, he came to my house and all that. Yeah. Well, first of all, first, 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 he Facetimed me after they sent me an offer. When we got on Facetime, he just kept it like he kept hundred with me. He was just like, man, we really want you. You like, you was the first offer on the staff, so you know we really want you. We came out there, we're gonna be here for two days, and we came all the way out there to Houston. 
offered you. And I was like, yeah, he's right. Ain't nothing. He made time for me. That's already like a start. Then like my first met him, I was like, man, this guy's like really, really genuine. Like you could tell like he's not doing this for the money. Like he really loves it. So yeah. Yeah, so I went to the Billy Napier Gator Gathering here in Atlanta and Sandy Springs, and I, the general consensus I get from a lot of the players when I talk to them about Billy Napier is he's very genuine, honest, sincere. Uh, you know, finally being able to see Billy Napier in person, be up close and personal, get to hear him speak. Uh, he does seem like he's really honest. Uh, he's he doesn't he doesn't beat around the bush about anything. I mean, he's straightforward, all about business. Also, very caring. Is, is that the general consensus amongst everybody in the locker room? Yes, very caring. And then he's like one of the coaches. Like I know, like some schools, they say like they get they get to school and they like never see their head coach. Mm-hmm. I've been here four four five days. I see Coach Nate every day, four times a day. Like he, I see him everywhere. Like he's just interacting with everybody. So yeah. Yeah. From also when I talk to some of the other players, I mean. It, with the last staff and all that, they were the, they had the parking ticket issues. They had a lot of other issues, lingering issues around the program that didn't seem to necessarily be getting taken care of. Uh, according to them, though, I mean, Billy Napier's came in, he's changed everything, everybody's happy, and it, it really goes a long way, especially with all, all the other players when, um, you know, you, you have a coach that actually cares and sees that and makes the players want to play harder for that coach. Am I not right? Man, what? My coach is like, I Nate, well, he is my coach. I'm playing with Coach like Nate. Of course, I want to play even harder because, like, man, I got to get this guy, like, some wins. And, like, he loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a payback thing, man. Uh, you know, you obviously you want to win every football game you play anyway. But, like, when you, when you have a head coach that, like, you know, does all this stuff for you, you're like, man, I got to win for this guy. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, so you've had plenty of time, I assume, with wide receivers coach Kerry Colbert. Tell me what he's like in person, his personality, his work ethic. Uh, how how is he with everybody? Yeah, Coach KC is a great guy. Like even I, when I went to USC, I was like, man, this guy is like he's the same way. He don't yell. He's like he's very like mellowed out. He like cracks jokes. He's chilling all the time, and he's like he's big on music. And he, he pull up a song, he was singing like, like, yeah, you know this song, coach? And he like, he's huge on music. Then like, we'd be like, remember when I like, first got recruited by him, we was on the phone for like 45 minutes. Like, he offered me, after that, we was just talking to talk, like, just on the phone. And, like, we had lost track of time. So yeah, like, then, like, we had came to Florida, I was like, yeah, why would I like, I got a great head coach. Then, I get a great wide receiver coach. After he put Washington won the draft, I got to go with him. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's crazy you say that too, because as busy as those head coaches are, for them to take the time out just for one player and, and be on the phone with, them, like you said, forty-five minutes or FaceTime or whatever, that's really cool, man. I mean, it, it, you get like these coaches that get these jobs, and you, they got to recruit, they got to watch film, uh, they got to do a lot of things as, on top of paperwork, I guess, or whatever else that they do, drawing up plays. Uh, it's really cool to to see that you know he spent that much time with you just as one individual player because there's I mean I mean shoot there's a lot of players on a football team. Thanks. I was like, dang, because he even said it. We about to, we about to hang like, dang, we're on the phone forty five minutes. I didn't even know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you looked down at your phone and you realize how much time you've been on it. and You're like, wow, I didn't realize we were on the phone for like an hour. <laughs> so. Yes, and I was like, we're having a great conversation too. We all look in it. <laughs> Right, right. So, so, so speaking of him, uh, what have you learned so far from Kerry Colbert? Maybe outside of the realm of what you learned as a wide receiver in your career. Um, I learned that like, like, like 
you want to be like a like you don't want to be like like a butt to people. Always be like just like good and genuine like like just even even though they can be mean to you, just like make sure you're not being mean to them because two wrongs don't make right. So you know, that's what he was like telling me and all of that. Yeah, has, uh, as far as like off the field leadership, has that uh, has that been taught pretty well there amongst I guess a, a lot of the guys? Oh yeah, especially with Coach Nate. Coach Nate, like he like even though he's not like playing football, like I think he posts on Instagram, like all of that. Like you just gotta watch what you do because everybody you don't know who's watching. Everyone's watching. Right, yeah. Um, I, I, a lot of the guys I've talked to and I've interviewed, they say that there's not really a guy that stands up as a leader. It's sort of a collaboration of everybody leading each other as uh, as a group. Am, am I not correct? Yeah, you're correct. That's awesome, man, because I mean, you, you get those locker room leader guys, and, and obviously you're going to have a guy or two probably stand up in the locker room to get everybody pumped and going, but it's really cool to see that. Everybody has that attitude, and no way, you know, nobody's afraid to speak up or or, or anything like that. So really cool to to know. Uh, let, let's go a little bit into the weight training here. I mean, obviously Nick Savage out, in comes Mark Hockey. Uh, how do you like him? First of all, uh, strength and conditioning so far. I like it. Like so far, I've only been like worked out for like a day or two, but like it's like all like what he says and all that. Like he's another guy that he really enjoys what he does. Like he's always into it. He's like. Like it's five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. The loudest man in the room. Like he's like he's ready. Like he he come ready. So it's like man, like this guy here, like he all like turning all that. Like he like, he love it. So like when he be talking, like you really want to listen because like it's all he says for like really really important. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't need your alarm clock when you got Mark Hockey walking around the campus, huh? Nah, man, he's the loudest guy, especially in the morning. <laughs> That's right, and I heard that in weight training and all that, you guys have your own particular individual weight training regimens with like your certain position, right? Yep. That's crazy, man. Um, it, it seems like a lot has changed there, especially in the weight room. Now, Nick Savage, I know a lot of the kids, they loved Nick Savage, and I, I have a lot of respect for him too, but it, it's cool to see now that every player has a certain position coach and a, you know, a, a certain workout regimen just for that specific player just to elevate them instead of everybody just doing the same workouts. Yeah, like 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 the other day we 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 kind of are like the same workout, but like yeah, but we have everybody has a coach, like not their position coach, like a coach, like at their station, like while working out. So like you like ah, uh, it's not it's my last year. I'm just gonna put on one eighty five. He nah, you gonna put on one ninety five. You gonna do the same rest like you're pushing you. Mm-hmm. So like he's like it's like that. Like I never worked out with nobody like like a coach. Like right next to me, so like, of course, that make you work hard and all of that. So yeah. So so, have you noticed anything that's improved so far as like gains, speed, reflexes, anything physically of that nature so far that's improved? Well, not yet because I've only been here for like a day or two. Yeah. So like probably like like a month, month and a half. I'm like, okay, 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 it's working now. So yeah. Yeah. So you're probably really sore after those workouts, huh? <laughs> nah, that's the thing. Like. I've been working out all summer, not all summer, like all like after football season. So like I came here, so like, I'm like I'm not sore at all. Like I probably like a little fatigued off the running because like I was running, but like when you get here, it's just different. Like, you can train by yourself, and then when you finally get to do it, it's totally different. So I got here, I was like, damn, I'm like I'm not tired, but I'm tired. And then right after you go to the weight room, like dang, like the weight's not even heavy. I'm just fatigued. So mm, I was like, dang. 
So it's a lot of uh, more of, I, I guess you would say, conditioning there, like trying to push you to the limits to where you, you just kind of burn out, correct? Yeah, because, like, when you're there, it's not just one coach outside working out with you. It's like, you got, like, eight coaches out there. So, like, they all in your ear, got to work hard or push, push, work hard. You're like, yeah, you're right. Like, you, you're right. Let me go ahead, deep, reach deep down and go ahead and get it. So, yeah. That's good to hear, Matt. Are there any other staff and personnel that you communicate with on a regular basis outside of Colbert and hockey? Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, Joe Hamilton and Coach Bo, I say Cowbacker. I think I'm saying it right. <laughs> I'm bad. I butcher. I'm the I'm the butcher of names. So if you don't say anything right, I'm not going to judge you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So what are those like? How's Joe Hamilton and some of those other coaches like? Are they kind of the same way, same personality? Just you know, very upbeat, happy. Yeah, I think like Coach Nate goes out for the guy that kind of reminds him of himself. Like he like nobody's like just that mean. Like dang, he's pissing his cereals today. Like everybody's all like like. Like we're happy to be here every day, especially Joe Hamlin because like I like he's from Texas, so like of course like me and him go quick because we from we from the same same state, so it'd be like cool like having somebody like not a player from the same state like that can relate that can relate to you and all of that. So I see the videos out there on social media, the Florida Gators, where they uh they'll they'll catch a person coming in to one of the offices and they'll have a camera set up with a question on it. Have you been caught by one of those yet? No, sir, I've not been caught by one of them. <laughs> you're going to get one one of these days, and you're going to have to answer it just to let you know because uh, they've been doing that for a while. Yeah, I've been watching it. It'd be funny, too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Some of those people, especially Chief Borders, man, he's a riot. He, he cracks me up, man. Man, what? <laughs> so uh, what are your personal goals this season, man, uh, just for you yourself? What do you, what do you, even if it's outside of the football stadium, do you have any personal goals of yours this season? Uh, my personal goal is like I, I weigh 196 pounds right now, so like, like I, I want to be like 205, 206. Like by the time season start or like middle of it, like on the field and all that. Like I want to catch like I want to say like 200. I'm a freshman, so like I'm not expecting this to be like crazy not on the field. But if I do that, I'm blessed. But like like 20 yards, probably like a touchdown or two. And, like, most definitely learn my playbook. Like, it's not hard, but just get it down in pack where, like, I can be gone for two months. They come back to that play, I can draw it up. Yeah, absolutely. Have you learned anything from uh, some of the other other guys? Maybe Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, Trent Watermore, maybe some of the older guys around you. Have you heard, you know, learned anything from them as far as as their experience has went? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially uh, Shorter. And I've been with Daniel Cross. Because uh, Henderson, they haven't really been here. They they were kind of out uh, with some with some leadership thing in Houston. So I've been like short and all of them. Like we'd be like after like practice, we come in. He was like, man, you catch hundred balls every day. You're gonna be great. I'm telling you, getting the right, like push your hand in the right, forearm, hand big, hand strong. So you're yeah, like they they're like they really like welcome me in. Like they wasn't on no, all like like no big boy D ball type thing. They were just like also yeah, what's up? Like this already my brother. Yeah, them and Baby J too. Uh, uh, what's it called? Fraser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so is is Justin shorter as big as I think that he is? I mean, it, it says he's like six four, two thirty, two forty. Is he a really big dude? Yeah, like because I walked up to like because like in high school, you know, you seen everybody the same height as you. Yeah. So like I walked up, I'm like, hey, like he looking, we looking at each other eye to eye, like we the same height. That's crazy. Like I don't really see that all the time. 
then I'm like, God dang, boy, your shirt, like, your shoulders are broad. Like, you're like, you kind of wide. He's like, yeah. I'm like, he's like, right now, I'm only like 215, 220, but like, every time the season come around, I book up like 235, 240 off, off the weight. He was like, then I'm like, I don't like, it's like straight muscle too, so I don't lose no speed and nothing like that. I'm like, man, I can see, but you huge. Yeah, that 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 guy's a big dude. I, I, I've uh, been on the Gator Walk a couple times and and, and watched him uh, come out there, and I was like, man, this is this happens to be probably one of the biggest wide receivers I've seen in a while. <laughs> you just yeah, like DK, DK Twin on the body wise. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of some of these uh, Gator athletes, did you have a favorite athlete that you followed or looked up to growing up? It didn't have to be Florida Gator athlete; it could be any athlete. Have you? Is there any guy that you looked up to? Man, Adrian Peterson. I've been loving him since OU. Like, I didn't like, I didn't watch him play, but like, watching him on the uh, what's called on the Vikings, I was like, yeah. man, like, he's like explosive. Like, I was big on running back when I was a little kid. So him and like Jamal Charles and all them, I was like, man, I, I mean, they they're going crazy. Like, I, I gotta be like them. I'm going when I get to football, I'm going just like them. Yeah, Adrian Peterson, man. I, I remember. I think he almost broke the NFL rushing record one year. I think. I don't know if he's with the Vikings or not. I didn't really keep up with the NFL that much back then, but I remember watching him run, and, and I liked him. And Marshawn Lynch was one of my other favorite running backs that I used to like watch run because it seemed like nobody could tackle Marshawn Lynch. Facts. Yeah, I see him coming in. I'm a. I'm a, in my head. I'm like make it seem like I'm trying to tackle him. I'm not going to be this dude running top end speed. With his mouth like all balled and ready to hit me, I can't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. If you ever get a chance, man, go on YouTube and look at some of his highlights at Cal uh, before he went to the NFL. I, I swear that guy was probably responsible for a lot of what Cal did on offense. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance, he went to the University of California there. Uh, check it out, man. Oh yeah, I got you. I got you. All right, man, I, I got a few fan questions here. Some of it we kind of already went over a little bit, but if you've got anything else to add to them, um, Lucas Mann asks, what other than football and academics made you want to be a Florida Gator? Just, like, the whole, like, setup. Like, it's been great people come out of here. It's a great degree. It's a great degree. Oh, yeah. Then, like, you're in Florida, like, people come here to the Bay vacation. So you're in the great state. You're not going to be in, like, 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 bankhead of anything, like, of, like, Indiana or something like that. It's not cold here. So, like, you're in a great state playing great football. So, like, you, you're a win-win situation. So, yeah. That's right. You tell all those recruits that, too, that visit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm already texting on Instagram. Like, well, how it is? It's great. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, TJ Schubacher asked, from which aspects of your game would you say are your greatest strengths and which area do you feel – like you may need to work on most before fall camp. I think we kind of went over that a little bit, but if you've got anything to add, uh, go ahead. My greatest strength, I'll say, is my ball skills. I will go up and get it regardless who is like on me. So that's my greatest strength. I have strong hands. And I'm like, I'm never seen this like sneaky fast. Since my legs are so long, it don't look like I'm moving fast. So like you're playing against me. Like, okay, this guy's like actually running. His five steps is like twenty of my steps. So yeah, and then like well, I, I think what I need to work on, I say like, uh, most definitely I say route running, route running off my right side because like I'm very like left side route runner. I need to work on like off my right side. So yeah, 
Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, speaking of that, it's, you know, you know, obviously know who Kadarius Tony is. It seemed like it didn't matter what, what side he was on, you could never tell which side he was going to go because he, he just shifted so fast. <laughs> Man, he was crazy. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes when people run, it looks effortless, and it brought me back to, like, Andre DeBose. If you ever knew who Andre DeBose was, he had such long legs and long strides that it looked like he wasn't really running fast, but he was actually going down the field really fast because his strides were just, like, like so long a stride. Same thing with uh, Percy Harvin. Uh, you know, that guy, it, it, he looked, it looked effortless when he ran the ball, but that guy was moving. <laughs> exactly. That's what he looked like. He's not that fast when we like, I'll race them or like, we get on the field, like, they talk smack. Like, dang, man, like, you running, like, you running around. Like, I told you, like, my legs is just, you know, my, my, my stride, my stride frequency is, is not a fast stride frequency. I have a long one. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I have a very short stride, I'm a very short guy, and I probably, like I said uh, a couple podcasts ago, I probably run like a 6.5 second 40 yard dash. So, watch out, man. You said 6.5. All right, Caleb, man, it was fun having you on, getting to learn a little bit more about you. Um, I usually, when I close it out with somebody that I have on the podcast, I let them have the floor. If you want to say something, you can. If you don't, all you got to do is give us a Go Gators or something. What What do you got? Man, it was just great being on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Actually, like, I, I know, like, I'm not the big name yet, but, like, actually, like, cool that people want to, like, know things about me and, like, get to know, like, everything. So, like, yeah. Yeah, one of the benefits of NIL, man, and that's what I love is uh, I, I always ask uh, if there's a player available, get them on. I don't care who they are because I love to learn everything about all the players on the team. It's not just the star players. You, you, you know, the incoming freshmen and the guys that, you know, maybe haven't seen the field yet. It's really cool to get to learn some of the guys that you may not even know that well. So, that, I, I, you know, as I said, I enjoyed it, and I enjoy having you guys on this podcast. So, Caleb, man uh, – Nice having fun with you here today, and I hope the best for you in the future as a Florida Gator, and I hope one day maybe maybe you'll win that Heisman Trophy. In fact, and the, uh, the Belinda call. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go. All yeah. Right. All right, man. Caleb, nice having you on Getting Swamped, and uh, like I said, future first-round draft pick coming up. How about that? Thanks. Go Gators. Go Gators. All right, Caleb Douglas getting a little bit of insight on what brought him here to the University of Florida, you know, what he's been through so far, just being on campus for a short period of time, really getting to learn a lot about him here in general, which is a cool thing about NIL, man. I mean, we get to learn so much, not just from the star senior players, but we get to learn a little bit of insight from newcomers and what they've experienced in high school and transitioning to college and meeting this new invigorating staff we have here at the University of Florida. Just such great personalities all the kids have. It makes you want to cheer for their success even more when you get to know these guys because they're not just a jersey number on the field, folks. I mean, they all have a story and a journey. And speaking of journeys and significant accomplishments, I got two of the most brilliant minds in Florida Gator media coming up. Will Miles and Nick Dudson from the Stand Up and Holler podcast and ReadandReaction.com released a jam-packed Wall-to-wall Florida Gator football preview magazine entitled Read and Reaction 2022 Florida Gator Football Preview Magazine. And as I said, it is jam-packed, full of everything you need to know going into this season, just like today's podcast. And that's why I named this podcast Getting Swamped, because we're literally getting swamped with great players, excellent media members who are professionals in their craft, and of course me. You know, I count too, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. 
But we will have on Will Miles and Nick Knudsen on the third part of Getting Swamped coming up. College programs must be competitive in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes and affects the decisions of recruits. And Gator fans can put Florida at the forefront of NIL. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student-athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student-athletes to build relationships and develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. NIL will change the landscape of college sports if we can't be left behind. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today at www.thegatorcollective.com. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist, your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, joining me on this special Memorial Day episode, we have on Will Miles and Nick Knudsen from the readandreaction.com and the Stand Up and Holler podcast on YouTube. Two very brilliant, intelligent minds out there in Florida Gator football. And this week, you folks released a 2022 Florida Gator football preview magazine. And I don't want to steal the thunder from you guys, but uh, if you folks would like to elaborate more on what this magazine entails for the average Florida Gator football fanatic, go ahead. Yeah, man. So it's 150 plus pages. It's uh, 53,000 words plus, actually. That's what Ward told me it was because I wasn't counting the ball. Wow. Um, but for, so first, I, we appreciate you having us on. Um, you know, listen to what you do. Really appreciate appreciate what you do. And a lot of the player interviews have been really good this year so far. But, uh, you know, so we just looked at it and said, if you look out in the college football landscape, you've got all of these preview magazines come out right around this time of year. And the preview magazines that come out are, you know, two, three, four pages dedicated to each team. And that's great, right? Because you get a flavor for all of college football and you sort of understand where your team fits within the scope of everything that's out there. And certainly there are predictions for all SEC and SEC champions and, and national champions in the playoff and that sort of stuff. But there's nothing specific to individual teams. At least we didn't see that out there. And so that's what we really tried to do here was put together something that's specific to Florida. And there's a little bit of stuff in there about, you know, SEC runner up Georgia. And there's some stuff about Alabama. Um, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it really was about putting out something that was going to prepare people for the 2022 season for Florida, where, you know, if you've got a roster question, if you've got a question about Napier's scheme or where he comes from or his background or the army that he's built or any of those things that we've tried to answer that question. And, you know, as best we can before any snaps actually go live in Gainesville, but get everybody prepared for when Utah comes to the swamp coming up in September. Yeah, that, that was one of the more interesting parts of the magazine that I think uh, we were able to work on was we actually went through uh, it, each individual in the Army, right, from the website, at least from what we could find on the website, and, you know, listed out their backgrounds and their resume. It's incredible the depth on the staff that Napier has brought in here. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, there's definitely there's a opponent previews, too. Uh, looking into what the other opponents are bringing to the table. We went through each of the SEC rosters with all the transfer portal. It's tough to keep up with stuff now. And like I, I was impressed by a couple of classes out there. I know Brian Ke- – look, I'm no Brian Kelly fan. I'm not like a big uh, – it's hard for me to support Brian Kelly in any way, shape, or form. I was really impressed with LSU's transfer class, though. I know Alabama's got all the love in the transfer portal with that – 
class they brought in, even though it was like, I think it was like six guys Bama was bringing in. But man, LSU brought in something good. South Carolina, I know Rattler got a lot of attention, but they, they did some impressive reconstruction on that roster too. So you'll see some of that in the magazine as well. But Will called this last week, he called it a labor of love. And that's all, that's all it could be uh, for us because it, like you said, 53,000 words, 155 pages of content on here on Florida Gator football. Uh, it'll get you fired up for football season. And here we are sitting at Memorial Day. And the thing I love about Memorial Day, these holidays here over the summer is that once they're over, it's one day closer to football season. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, you guys say 53,000 words, 156 pages. And obviously I, I've read about 20 or 30 through this Memorial Day weekend. You know, I just got a hold of the book. Um you know, just skimming through it, I see that there's just a lot of content in there. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, how much sleep did you guys get? <laughs> like, how how long did it actually take you guys to to, to do this a whole magazine? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You sit down when the season's over and you say, what do we want to do next year that's different than what we did the year prior, right? And and we looked at it and said, we have a couple of projects that we want to put together for, for 2022 that we didn't do in 2021. And this is one of them. So if you think about it, basically the day a day or two after the bowl game, this is the kind of stuff we were talking about. And we've got some stuff coming up in the fall too that we've been talking about as well. But um, so, yeah, I mean, basically it birthed right at the end of the season or maybe, maybe in between the end of the season and the Gasparilla Bowl, since nobody really cared about the Gasparilla Bowl all that much. And then, you know, it's just been sort of divide and conquer, right? You, you set the different, and, and that's the interesting thing is we both are a little bit constrained in terms of what we have to write on the website, because, you know, you don't want some one article to be really, really long and you don't want to bore people and that sort of stuff. In this case, it was, Hey, let's pick these topics and let's really, let's really build them out. So, you know, we go back and look at Steve Spurrier's history in his first year, look at urban Meyer's history in his first year. Say, what did they do on the recruiting trail? What did they do for the actual season? And and how did that build to those teams that then wound up winning sec championships and, and national championships. And so what can you look at from the, you know, what are we looking for in year one under the Billy Napier era to understand that? Same thing with, you know, we, we had Gator Dave come in and, and write an Ask the Expert session, Thomas Goldcamp as well. So a little bit of outside perspective to make sure that we're at least a little bit of a reality check as, as we move forward. And certainly, you know, the, the ethos of read reaction is always to look at stats and try to understand how you can apply that. So there's a lot of that in there where we're looking at what happened in 2021 and what that means going into 2022. Um, you know, it's not perfect. Obviously you go to a different scheme, uh, different, different coaching staff and different players, you know, <laughs> specifically yeah. at the quarterback position and things are going to be different, but you know, it's not going to be radically different. And so what does that mean? Did Florida underperform last year? Um, I think there are areas where they did. And so you can look at that and say, you know, yeah, it was a six and seven team, but the baseline should be a lot higher in 2022. And that's sort of one of the things we wanted to line out here. It, it's funny. I actually, we got to a point where, well, I don't know if you, I, I, f I feel like there's a couple articles you kind of brought up too. When you're writing all this, David, it's, it gives you more ideas on what you yeah. want. Like I wanted to do a piece, uh, you know, while in the middle of working on, uh, all this stuff, you know, Will Levis is being mocked at the number one position in mock drafts. And I, I, I don't know, I probably had a similar reaction to most Gator fans are like, what? I saw that guy play last year. Well, it's the mayonnaise in the coffee, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People love it. People love those videos, but I, I, some of those, you know, opponent analysis too, like where you want to dive in. I, I found when I was reading up on, I, you know, I went back and read everything I could on Napier and the hiring process and revisited a lot of that. 
it was really interesting. A lot of the talk out of the LSU media was, will LSU regret just overlooking this guy? And, mm-hmm. and, and how will that look five years from now? And, and I thought that that angle's going to be interesting to, to watch how things play out because Woodward, the AD, is known for going out and getting that big-name coach. There's also uh, a lot of, you know, seems to be some level of attitude among LSU boosters that, hey, that guy coached at that, – that's the Lafayette coach. We, we, don't, we don't go there for coaches. Like, so it was like some of that mindset it seemed like was there. And LSU, a lot of people believe that they could get Napier if they were – if he was their primary target and that he might be at LSU not – I thought that angle was really interesting to explore. But he got to the point where Will and I were like, we got to just cut things and stick with the original concept and go. We got to cut things and go. So I, I actually have a bunch of articles, ideas for the offseason here that I came up with through writing the magazine. So plenty of content in there, but plenty more to come over the summer on the website here. Yeah, and I thought that was funny you mentioned that because when I went and looked at uh, tight ends, I wanted to know how uh, how it would differ from Dan Mullen's offense for the last four years to maybe what Napier did at Louisiana Lafayette with a tight end. So I kind of compiled some statistics there. And when I started doing that, I was like, well, wait, now you start like you feed off of what you want to research and then you want to research even more after that. <laughs> so by the time you're done and like days later, you finally get what you wanted. And then after, even after that, you still you're still like, man, I could have probably looked this up. So I get where you're coming from on that. And so you don't want to like go too much and too far into detail when you're when you're trying to do something statistic like that but uh I'm surprised you didn't have a, a breakdown of like Brian Kelly's dance moves and how he gets the recruits to the LSU so. so so there may be an image in the in the in the in the book that 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 mocks him a little bit for that there's there's one for Norvell as well we got a few easter eggs in there for people who are Florida fans there's some good good things in there mocking the mocking some of the opponents I will I will say skimming through there like just skimming through it before I started reading I did see the uh the little Norvell image and I cracked up a little bit so <laughs> hey we, we like having a good time man like same same thing so I said it earlier but it's SEC runner-up Georgia yeah right that, I was right in the Georgia section and I told Will I'm like this is our magazine. We get to write what we want. Like we we can tell whatever. So the storyline we're hammering is: Will Georgia ever get over the hump and beat Alabama uh, in the SEC championship game in Atlanta? Because that's just not happening for Georgia. So you know we want to focus on what we want to focus on. That's right. You know, as long as you know, as a Florida Gator fan, I used to tell the Georgia fans, I'd be like, hey. Uh, if we don't go to the SEC championship, we can't lose it like you guys, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, but so when I went through this, though, um, you know, the basic, say a, a Florida Gator fan that's not a statistic nerd or anything like that, just an average Florida Gator fan that watches football on Saturday, I found that it was easy to read. Like, even if you were a basic Florida Gator fan, you could really understand in detail and in depth and learn a lot from this magazine just so far with what I've read. Um you, uh, you all said that there were some other contributors. This magazine, obviously, Thomas Goldcamp, David Waters was one of them. Was there any other contributors that uh, kind of added here and got their opinions in there? Yeah, we have, we have a guy. It's an up-and-comer section. So Jake Rosenberg, is uh, he's a high school student who, who runs a newsletter throughout the season. So we had him come in because it's kind of cool to have somebody who's a high school kid who's out there writing, trying to, trying to build into a sports writer, had somebody come in. We basically asked these guys just a series of questions in terms of what they were expecting to see in the season and, and you know, what their biggest surprise and a bold prediction and that sort of stuff. So, so Jake was in there. Other than that, this is pretty much all us. Yeah. Um, but it does break down, you know, 
know, again, one of the things that's interesting is there's been a lot of talk about Napier's offense and Tony's defense and the changes that they're bringing. And so there's, there's about a six page section that breaks out a couple of plays from the spring game and says, Hey, this is what they were doing on film in the spring game. And, and it, almost turns it on its head. So one of the things that we've heard a lot about for Patrick Tony is that he really cares about numbers on the defensive side of the ball, that it's a math issue. And in the spring game, there were actually a couple of plays, one specifically that's diagrammed in the magazine, where you can tell that Napier has designed a play to make sure he has the appropriate numbers and not just get a one-on-one mismatch, but essentially get an uncovered player. Yeah. And we saw it, and Anthony Richardson was able to take advantage of it in the spring game. And I think that concept, it's not going to be the same concept when they get out there in real life and start playing start playing against utah but the concept of napier is just as cognizant of the numbers game as tony is to me is a really interesting sort of um revelation maybe isn't the right word but it's a really interesting concept that napier specifically has the exact same principles on the offensive side as his defensive defensive coordinator so you think about mullen kind of being the guy who oversaw the offense and then delegating that to grantham that isn't going to be the case with this staff because these guys are so lockstep in terms of their in terms of their philosophies that there's no way one of them is going to be able to deviate from that philosophy because they're both trying to do the same thing. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and I noticed, especially going to that spring game, when I watched spring game, there was, I think, six flags, six penalties. The defense was actually lined up correctly, not a lot of guys getting away from tackles. And I noticed skimming through there that you did have that. And I was going to ask you this question, but I think you already just answered it for us. You know, you learn how Dan Mullen's offense differentiates from Napier's. You know, how exactly, how blessed should we be for Patrick Tony's defense against Todd Grantham's defense? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I don't think any of us were thrilled when Todd Grantham got brought in. Um, nobody looked at that and said, ooh, slam dunk hire. No. So when he wanted to go to the Bengals and they like upped his salary to like one and a half million dollars a year or something to keep him in Gainesville, that was a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, you know, we got exactly what Georgia got, which is when he had a really effective pass rush, the defense was was effective in 2019. But the minute he had to generate pass rush from anywhere other than just his defensive line, then they struggled. That's how he's going to be kind of similar. Yeah. I mean, he has to get pressure from the four guys he's bringing to make his concept work. But what you saw, at least the, the play that I diagrammed in the article, what you saw is that he is willing to trust his linebackers to make the right decision in a situation in the red zone when things, when things constrict. Yeah. And so that's going to be important against teams that don't have the same level of skill as Florida does. I think, they're going to have to make some choices when they're playing Alabama or when they're playing Georgia down in the red zone. But when they're playing Missouri or South Carolina or Kentucky, I think he's going to free up the linebackers to do some stuff that Grantham didn't do because he's not going to bring them all the time. And and you could see that in some of the red zone coverages that he put up, particularly when Jack Miller was quarterback. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, we're, we're, we're blessed to have guys who are on the same, same schematic wavelength. And I think that'll make a difference. Oh, I mean, defensively, hallelujah, right? New yeah. day. Like, like that's like, I, I was a proponent. I, I'm always uh, a little slower toward the, this guy needs to go part of the equation uh, with things. Like I'm, I'm probably going to be, you know, I was probably one of the last ones to get off the Mullen bus, for example. <laughs> um, but with Grantham, after the 2020 season, I was done because I looked at it this way. This is, this is Florida. 
And, and I wrote about this a little bit in the 2021 review part of the section of the uh, in, in the magazine here. This is Florida. If you have a bad year, it's not like, oh, go get them again. Go go back and try to get it. Florida, if you have a bad year, there needs to be some level of consequence to that. And yeah. there was no consequence for a defense that cost a, a playoff-level offense a shot in 2020. There was no consequence for that. And and that carried into 2021 and some of that, some of that toxicity, some of that, whatever you want to call it, just a lack of lack of uh, accountability, whatever you saw that in the field with the shoot throw, right? At the end of 2020, like that stuff carried into 2021 and very much had an impact on the season. So there needs to be consequences for that. So Grantham, seeing Grantham finally, you know, the program move in the different direction. I I'm, I'd be about happy for anything. It's not even Patrick Tony specific. It's just a new di- direction in general. Although from what I've read about Tony, very excited. Uh, certainly comes from the school of Ron Roberts, Dave Aranda out at Baylor. You saw them win the Big 12 championship last year. Dave yep. Aranda's put on a lot of great defenses over over the years, and uh, looking forward to seeing some of that difference uh, here in 2022. Yeah, definitely. And when Hevesy and Todd Grantham got fired, I don't think any Florida Gator fan was upset about that because you already know that the offensive line and the defense is going to improve if they're gone, but we just don't know how much. And you learn kind of a little bit of that in this magazine. And as I said, I'm still in the process of reading it, but yeah, I mean, you guys got all SEC preseason predictions, draft prospect breakdowns, full schedule history, stories going into the season. Uh, just so much jam-packed info in this magazine. But I want to ask you guys, what was y'all's favorite section of this magazine to do? Which ones and why? Go ahead, Nick. Uh, my my favorite section, there's a couple of them, but my, I'd say um, I, I loved looking into the opponent analysis because mm-hmm. you looked in this different trends we've had against different teams. Like, you know, for all the – for all the I, – I call it the Tennessee hype train this year with Josh Heupel, right? The Tennessee hype train's yeah. out of control right now, and you're looking at them coming into this season. David, they are 3-33 against Alabama, uh, Florida, and Georgia over, like, the last decade here. 3-33. and 33. And, and so they got a lot to prove. And I know Hennon Hooker had a nice season statistically, but let, I, I, I'd like to see – I'd like to see Tennessee's got a lot of proving to do before. I, and I'm, I am concerned about that trip to walk to Rocky top for us at the end of September. I think that it's an absolute swing game. Um, but you know, you're looking at different opponents too individually uh, pretty much my Missouri section was just the entire section was just taking a shot at Eli Trinkwitz can't stand the guy. And uh, he thinks he's, he, he, he thinks he's Steve Spurrier with his level of trash talk, but he just doesn't pull it off nearly as well as he thinks he does. So I had some fun with that section. Georgia being referred to as the SEC runner-up, the entire magazine was also an enjoyable experience. Um, but o- overall, I, 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 you just pick up different things about the opponents. I'll give you an example. Right now, we got our eyes set on Alabama and Georgia as a program, right? Billy Napier needs to get up and recruit with the elites and everything. We need to take care of the Missouris, the South Carolinas, and the Kentuckys of the world first. And we need to get back to establishing dominance over those rivalries right now. Georgia doesn't sweat those games right now. I know they had that South Carolina upset a couple of years ago. They're not sweating Missouri. We're six and six in our last 12 against South Carolina. Went back. Yeah. That that blew me away. I, I, and like, even though I, I'm here for all the games, I remember it just doesn't feel like a rivalry that should be six and six considering one. I believe it was the first 
like 16 out of 17 or 17 out of 18 when they joined the SEC. So really kind of going back to establish dominance in those rivalries, uh, uh, that's that should take precedent here early in the Napier era when I don't think I don't think this is a playoff team this year. Uh, really going through all the data, it, it kind of helped tamper my expectations a little bit for this season uh, in, in terms of, you know, we have a real tough September schedule. Yeah. We have a real tough schedule in September. So it, it'll be – It'll be interesting to see how, how the season plays out. But, uh, you know, going through that opponent analysis, like Billy Napier's got a heck of a schedule here in year one. Yeah, and before you answer, Will, uh, I just want to say with the opponent analysis, I mean, you've got every SEC team down here listed in the magazine, the recruiting profiles, key additions from the transfer portal who, who went to the NFL, just a complete breakdown of every single team in the SEC. So you really get kind of a, a, a good mindset of what to expect from each team on the schedule, or maybe if you play them in the SEC championship, if we make them there, you get a complete breakdown of everything there. So I thought that was really cool. Good add to that magazine. That was definitely Nick's baby there, which is which is why he uh, which is why he referenced that. But now for me, there were two things that were that were my favorite component. the The first part was um, there's a section that breaks down the potential of different Gator players to make all SEC and the reasons they might and the reasons they might not. And you know, so you look at guys like Osiris Torrance and Anthony Richardson, and and one of the guys I'm really high on is Ethan White, is somebody I think might have the opportunity to become an all SEC guard. This year, and you've got Brenton Cox, and you've got, you know, is, is, is Derek Wingo going to be able to make it? Like all those different guys who potentially could get to all SEC. And the reason that's important is because historically, Bill Sykes wrote a, wrote a great article at Re Reaction a few weeks ago, or it was probably months ago now, um, but he was writing about all SEC players that are necessary in order to win the conference. And there's like a minimum of like 6.3 and an average of like nine that you need. So you start looking through the roster and go, geez, where am I going to get nine players from this roster who are going to be able to make all SEC? And you go, okay, well, that's one of the reasons why we got to tamp down expectations for 2022. But what it does mean is these freshmen who are coming in become important because most of the time, all of the all SEC guys, like people who make all SEC almost always, or I don't want to say almost always, but many times make the freshman all SEC team. So if you look back at Alabama real early in those, in those 08, 09 seasons, when they sort of transitioned from getting to the SEC championship game to winning it, all those guys who wound up being all SEC players like Courtney Upshaw and, and uh, Dante Hightower and all all those sorts of guys, they started out making the freshman all SEC team. And so seeing that transition, I think is one of the things that we need to hope for. Cause if you look at Florida, the freshman all SEC team has been pretty, has been pretty barren. And part of that is because Grantham and, and Mullen haven't played freshman all that much. But part of it, I think, is just there's been a talent deficit in terms of the guys they're bringing in. So we talk about evaluations. We talk about Napier being able to, to identify diamonds in the rough and those sorts of things. Well, those diamonds in the rough, they need to play early. And not only do they need to play early, but they need to get on that all-SEC team to, 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 to really push things forward. The second thing that I would say in terms of my favorite is I, I had to write something sort of – there's a note from the founder in there. It's real early on. And it just sort of talks about why – we have the website, why we do the podcast and, and why we wrote the magazine. And it, the big thing is, is, you know, I'm, I'm a stat guy. I try to be as emotionless as I can when I'm evaluating these sorts of things other than taking the shots at Georgia. Cause that's fun. <laughs> and the, the thing for me, when I really started to think about why do we do this? Why are we trying to do this? Why would we like to do this full time is 
that it's all about relationships, right? I mean, you build relationships with people, you go to tailgates, like I, I, you know, Dave, I know you and I both get invited to that harmonic woods tailgate and go down there and hang out with those guys on yeah. when we can, when, when we're up there in Gainesville and you build this set of relationships with people, not only just people who went to the university of Florida, but family members who follow it. And, you know, it's sort of a, you mark the calendar to say, Hey, this is, this is when this is going to go. And this magazine is part of that. I think that's what I really enjoy about this is that this is us sort of putting another mark in the calendar where, Hey, we can all come together and take a look at Florida again as a whole and get ready for the season when it's coming. And so, you know, maybe that sounds schmaltzy and it probably is a little bit, but the reality is, is that I'm far more concerned with the time that I'm spending with my, with my mom and my dad and my brother and that sort of stuff. And Florida helps enhance that Florida football helps enhance that. And so taking a step back and saying, why do I care about this so much? Like, why am I staying up late to do this sort of stuff? Like it's not, it's definitely not the money. I'll tell you that much. So what is it that's doing it? And and it's, it, it comes down to relationships. And I hope that comes out in the magazine overall that, you know, it's not just about preparing you for the season. It's about giving you things to talk about with your family that maybe you agree with, maybe you don't agree with, but Hey, at least you're going to have a statistical basis to have that conversation, or at least you'll know something about Napier scheme during the spring game that helps you have that conversation. So, you know, this is something where if if a dad and a son read this, I hope that they'll be able to come back and have a really, really good conversation about where things are going because they got information here that helps them have that conversation. Yeah, and I want to piggyback off that a little bit, too, before we kind of, uh, you know, end this. It, it, listening to you guys, and I know that uh, you and Dave have been doing Gators Breakdown for a while, and now you got Stand Up and Holler. You're doing great on your YouTube channel. I've enjoyed a lot of you, like a lot of y'all's work, and I became friends with you guys, do, you know, listening to y'all's work with Gators Breakdown a long time ago, and it kind of honestly inspired me to do what I'm doing now. So it, it really, you know, when you, when you, as you said, when you break it down, it's not just a preview magazine to prepare you for the season. It's also giving you things to talk about. And that's one of the great things that I used to love that you guys did is like anytime I would listen just as a basic fan, I was like, I never thought about that. And then I would start looking things up and I was like, wow, this is a really interesting podcast because I get so much out of it. And now it makes my mind wonder. And maybe you're not thinking negatively or positively about a certain situation. And now you're kind of more woken up to the the whole aspect of the whole thing. And you cover a lot of that in this preview magazine. Um, are there going to be any more magazines like this in the future? <laughs> this is the first annual, man. So <laughs> the, the plan, the, the plan is to keep building this and keep doing this. I, I think, you know, Nick and I both have designs at some point to be able to do this full time yeah. and we can't yet. We, I have four kids and you know, <laughs> Nick has a wife and we have real jobs and all that sort of stuff, but um, we'd love to do this stuff full time and it requires a sort of a slow build. And so this is like that first step for us in terms of going from sort of the free content on YouTube and the website to something that's, that's a paid, not a paid subscription, but a paid, um, a paid product. Um, but we put a lot of time into it. And so we hope that it's well worth the money for people who put that out there. So, yeah, I mean, the, the idea is that we're going to build, right? So this is the first sort of step out into that space. And then, you know, we've got, like I said, we've got a couple of things that we're planning on doing maybe in the fall. And then next year we'll have this come in and hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, we'll look back and we'll have, you know, 15, 16 different things that are going on that, that you know, have cemented this in as part of the the Gator media legacy and, and are able to, to make this into a career. Nick, you got anything you want to add to that, man? Yeah, I, I mean, echoing what Will said, this is, it'd be amazing to do this full time, obviously. And there's a lot of talented people out here doing this. I mean, even like, I like, I'm with, I'm with you, David. Like, I, I've 
heard Will and Dave before I actually started working with Will. I, I reached out to Will on the side. Um, I was writing with Hail Florida Hail, and, and I, I loved Will's website, and I, I reached out to him on the side, and I was like, hey, you know, what, what would it take to work with you and everything? And then just gradually we worked together for a little while. We built the YouTube channel up here. The Stand Up and Holler uh, concept came up, and and we just wanted to have something that was – we originally the intention, Will, do you remember – do you remember the first show where we're like, yeah, we just want to have a little more short form stuff. But of course with us, it turns into an hour long show because we can't stop running our mouths. But uh, yeah, it ended up turning an hour long deal, but you know, a lot of the time behind the scenes into the production and everything. And, and there's, it really does. Like Will says, like, we're not doing this for the money right now. We're doing this because this is something we both love. Uh, I think there's a, a, enough of it's, it's a big pie, right? This, Gator Nation is a huge place. There's plenty of room for a lot of different people to succeed. And you're seeing a lot of these podcasts, you know, take off. And a lot of, a lot of these things take off within Gator Nation. A lot of these things are growing and gaining followings. And uh, it, it's a fun time. It's fun to be able to do this. And, you know, I've, I feel real lucky that, you know, we've gotten tied in here, gotten to know, you know, guys like you, guys like Will, Gator, Dave. You guys have all been great uh, and everything. And uh, it, it's been a blast. And, and putting this magazine together, a lot of work, a lot of time. Uh, but again, ton of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying every second of it. Yeah. It's never work when it's fun to do. And, 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 you know, I, I, like I said, I enjoy what I do. Obviously you have to sacrifice time to do it. You guys sacrificed a ton of time on this magazine and you had a little bit of contributors from Dave Goldcamp. And it's awesome. We got something like this to look at before the season to help engage the normal Florida Gator fans minds and maybe open them up to something they were not thinking of before. So last but not least, man, where can Florida Gator fans pick this magazine up? So the easiest way is if you go to readandreaction.com, there's a tab up at the top that says preview magazine. You can also just go to readandreaction.com slash mag, that's slash M-A-G, and that'll take you directly to it. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's the easiest way to do it. It's a digital magazine, so it's going to be a file that comes your way in PDF format. Um, and so hopefully you got an iPad or something like that while you're out at the beach. So you can sit there and take this in, but, uh, you know, we're actually hoping we've got, we've got some discussions about next year, putting this out there as a real magazine that would be in your hands, which would be awesome. Um, but, but for now it's digital and, and that's where you can get it. Just go to readreaction.com and you'll find it. It's there. And it is in printable format too. If you, one of those guys that likes to hold something in your hand, read it, you can also print it out on a printer, correct? Yeah, yeah, we don't have any restrictions on on that sort of stuff. You can print it out. Um, it's just going to be a lot of ink. Yeah, it is. I, I recommend you go to your local library and use their printer ink instead of your own. <laughs> All right, Will, Nick, man, as I said, I enjoy y'all's work on YouTube, Stand Up and Holler. Uh, if you haven't listened to Stand Up and Holler, I strongly suggest you do. You can find them on YouTube. And uh, where else can they find y'all's work at, man? Oh, geez. So readreaction.com, obviously, both Nick and I right there. The YouTube channel. So we're now releasing all of our all of our articles on Read and Reaction. We've got audio versions of that. And then we do bonus content over at our Patreon page. So patreon.com slash read and reaction. Um, we've got bonus stand up and holler episodes, extra writing when that comes out. Everybody who was a Patreon subscriber got a free copy of the magazine. Uh, we, we sent that over their way as a thank you for people who supported us. So those are really the ways you can get us right now. And, uh, you know, we do a few things. I, I do a Gator Country uh, freelance article on a weekly basis. But uh, those are sort of the key places that you'd be able to find Nick and I. What about you, Dick? You got anything else separate outside of stand up and holler and read and reaction? No, that's my main focus. Okay. Really, just uh, I, developing. I'm I'm working on some video concepts for the YouTube channel. We're trying to get 
a little more than just stand up and holler out there. So we want to uh, bring more regular content out on the YouTube channel. So working on that right now. That's my yeah, next we, area of focus. We did, we did get a really cool, uh, there's a 3d rendering of, um, a film so you can you can show the actual film concept and then it'll render it as 3d so that's one of the things that's going to be coming up here in the yep. next few months is using that three the tactic 3d software we've got that'll help uh help hopefully elucidate some of the things that are going on in the field and give people sort of a unique look at uh at what's going on uh, from a schematic perspective oh dude that's pretty cool man i did not know that they had that i'll be looking forward to that uh, whatever uh, y'all premiered that and you know you, you said you have audio versions man so you're not going to give us an audio version of the magazine <laughs> I gotta sleep sometime, David. I gotta sleep sometime. We'll let Nick do the audio version of the magazine. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> well, 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 I'll take we'll turns. We'll add that to the feedback for next year. That'll be the next year section there. We'll, we'll take so, turns I, doing I, it. Yeah, man. we get honestly, we get a lot of comments too on our YouTube stuff. Uh, you know, people want to see it out in podcast, Spotify, and Apple, and everything. And it's not that we're not interested in doing that. It's just I think one of the things that we're trying to do is just build slow and just see like conquer one area at a time, basically get, get it down one area at a time. And, you know, eventually we have designs on, on going that route, but it's a two man operation. Yeah. And there's so many hours. I, I do a lot of the production stuff behind the scene. Will, I have no, Will has four kids and, and uh, he's good job, good marriage. And he's out there coaching travel baseball a few nights a week. So I have no idea how Will is even Andy does Gators breakdown and stand up a holler at least once a week. Plus gets an article out for y'all all all the time. Incredible job. I do a lot of the production stuff behind the scenes, but again, like we both just have a little bit, it's, it's more of a time constriction. It's not that we don't want to give the market what it wants. It's that we just have a little bit of time constriction to go to every single platform right now, but we're, we're working toward that direction. Aren't we? Will? Yeah, that's a long-winded way of Nick saying, buy more magazines and we'll get more content. That's literally what that comes down to. <laughs> oh, man. Will and Nick, the men that don't sleep, man. I, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't even have a kid right now, so I can imagine what it's like having four of those things running around, one being sick. It, it just it's, it's amazing what you guys do, man. I really do appreciate it. It's a grind. And uh, as I said, thank you guys for coming here on the Getting Swamp podcast to joining me here. And like I said, if you haven't picked up the magazine yet, pick it up. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this podcast too, David. I'm up, I'm, I think I'm like an episode. I was just listening to Clifford Taylor one the other day, so I'm one or two behind right now. But you do a great job with this. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having us. All right, thank y'all. All right, that was Will Miles and Nick Newton, man. Fantastic magazine that just hit the internet shelves here this past week. And as I said, if you're one of those folks that likes a physical copy. <laughs> Use the library's ink, all right? <laughs> Not your own. That, I mean, that's a whole cartridge, man, and, and some of those aren't cheap, man. <laughs> but really, if you've not read the magazine, I really do suggest you do. It's only 20 bucks for a very fantastic read. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Getting Swamped, and I want to give a shout-out real quick to all the subscribers and downloads just this past week. I surpassed over 10K downloads, so my hat's off to you folks who do listen, give me the support, and continue to listen. So, Happy Memorial Day, and to all you veterans, all the folks currently serving in our military now, and also all the brave men and women who aren't with us anymore, who sacrificed their lives so we can enjoy what we do today. So special thanks out to our military. Special thanks out to wide receiver Kalo Douglas and the Gator Collective for making this interview happen today, and special thanks to Will and Nick for providing us with fantastic Florida Gator content. But folks, that'll do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.